Hello, my friend Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome back to the Almost Daily Catholic Teacher podcast. We do try to get to it as often as possible because you matter, because the work that you are doing every single day is incredibly important. The longer I live, the more convinced I am of this every single day, that one Catholic teacher can make the most profound difference in the life of any young person. So thank you, as always, for what you're doing every single day. Today we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, In terms of housekeeping, as always, please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you could share this with people, throw it on your social feed, send it around. It does make a difference as it grows as we reach more Catholic teachers. I'm back speaking again, so there'll be links here. If you would like to book me to speak live, there is plenty of good stuff there. I think we've got a new webpage out now, a new main speaking page for me. So hopefully I've got that in the links by the time you're hearing this. My friend, today I want to share with you one of my all-time absolute favorite quotes about Catholic education, and I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. I actually shared this with some senior educational leaders in some meetings last week. It's one of those quotes that over the years has just stayed in my mind. It's lodged there, in uh, incapable of being removed as the years pass, because I think it goes to the heart of what we really need to be about in Catholic education. It's a quote from the document, The Catholic School on the Threshold of the Third Millennium. It's an important document, but this quote always stayed with me. Let me share this with you now. It says this, In the Catholic School's educational project, there is no separation between time for learning and time for formation, between acquiring notions and growing in wisdom. The various school subjects do not present only knowledge to be obtained, but also values to be acquired and truths to be discovered, all of which demands an atmosphere characterized by the search for truth, in which competent, convinced, and coherent educators, teachers of learning and life, may be a reflection, albeit imperfect, but still vivid, of the one teacher. So there's a fair bit in that, but I just want to draw your attention to three kind of themes that emerge in these sentences. The first one is this important point about there being no separation between time for learning and time for formation. One of the challenges I think we have in this commercialization of education, this factory model of modern education, which as I've said before, is essentially based on the Prussian military system. If you haven't heard me talk about that before, there is extensive evidence that the kind of the school systems that we inhabit these days didn't pop into existence out of nowhere. They were very much based deliberately on the Prussian military model of the late 19th century in terms of things like lining up, bells, order, control, all these different things that formed education as it emerged into the 20th century. And we've still got so many of those things with us. We have these, this sort of structure, what I keep calling the factory model, where we ship inputs in and then they're shipped out. Now, I know that's not how you approach education because you're listening to a podcast like this, but unfortunately, there's a lot of compartmentalization happening in education where we do education to young people. We we bring the inputs in, we, we process the inputs and we get input, inputs out. And that's why this line here where it talks about there being no separation between time for learning and time for formation, it's really important. We don't have these boxes in a Catholic school where we do education to students and then we do other things. The Catholic educational project is like a seamless garment, if you will. It's this process by which 
young people are this this integral formation idea, right? This idea that that the person of Christ is present right throughout the school day, that our vision of what it means to be human, how we see young people, isn't just like, well, now we're going to do math to them, and now we're going to do English literature to them, and, uh, and occasionally we're going to talk about their behavior. It's like there's no separation, that all of our interactions with students, and hopefully as we build a community in our school, a good Catholic community, all of our, the students' interactions with each other also begin to blend into this seamless process of formation of the human person. Yes, the intellectual formation, but yes, also the moral and the spiritual formation as well. So that's the first part that we want to get away from this compartmentalization. And as we go into our work each day, we want to sense that what we are doing is sort of spreading across the entire school day. Each conversation, each interaction are all important. Okay, the second key theme in this quote was one of my absolute favorites where it talks about Teachers in a Catholic school, people like you, my friend, being referred to as competent, convinced, and coherent. That's the part that has stayed with me all these years, competent, convinced, and coherent. Of course, we want Catholic teachers who are competent, okay? It's not enough just to, to love the Lord. It's, it's, it's also important that we are masters of our disciplines because the more skilled we are, the more competent we are, the more we can be a blessing to the young people in our care. So we want to be competent. We never want to walk into a classroom, you know, radically unprepared. I know there's times when we're super busy and there's a lot happening and maybe one lesson isn't as magnificent as the one that preceded it, or perhaps as magnificent as the one that will follow it. But what matters in general is this competency, this desire to master our craft so that in mastering our craft, we can truly serve young people, right? So that's com- competent. The next part is convinced that we want to make sure that uh, that the truths of the faith, that the good news, that the charisma, that the gospel has truly become central to our lives. Catholic schools are not like other schools. It's, it is essentially impossible to be a Catholic educator if you're not convinced of the truths of the faith, the incarnation, who Christ said he is, what he undertook in this world, the meaning of his passion the establishment of his church, the beauty of the sacraments, the teaching magisterium of the church throughout the centuries. If we're not convinced of these things, then it is very difficult for us to be motivated, excited, and passionate about the work that we're doing. So we want to be competent, be convinced, and most importantly, we want to be coherent. Coherent means that our lifestyle, what's happening in our private lives, is not radically in opposition to what we are saying by being a Catholic teacher. I really feel you feel very strongly about this. I don't think it's possible to be a Catholic teacher if your private life is utterly incoherent as it relates to the faith. This offends some people. They're like, well, you know, you can't judge anybody, Jonathan. Um, well, I think, I don't know about that. I mean, not me personally judging people, but this idea that we can have no opinion about other people's choices and behaviors uh, I think this idea of non-judgmentalism can be absolutized to mean that we're not supposed to have an opinion about everything. We we're human. We're a human species. We live in community. We live in relationship with each other. So if there are people in a particular community saying that they believe one thing but living something completely different, that affects the entire community. So a lack of coherence in our personal lives can become extremely problematic in our professional lives. I mean, we see it in our political life, right? We we get, you know, the, the mainstream media gets very up in arms. I don't think they really care personally, but I think it makes great copy 
when political leaders get compromised, whether it's corruption or other things that they get caught out doing, it's like, well, we expect them to be this, but they're doing this in the background. And then, of course, we get terribly offended, but because we see a lack of coherence. We have an expectation that they'll do one thing, but privately they're doing another. And so we, we don't want that because we say it affects their decision-making and it affects that their, their public role. Well, I don't, know, I don't really understand why Catholic education is very different. You know, that if we say that we believe these things, but we're acting totally contrary to it, and then we want to pretend that we're going to be able to discharge our vocational duties. So I want to temper this, of course, by saying that we're all sinners and we're all on a path. We're all moving towards wholeness. I'm not saying in this message that we all have to live it absolutely perfectly or that we're going to live it absolutely perfectly. Of course we're not. But it's the general desire. It's the, you know, I listened to a great homily the other day where this priest was saying, look, it's not so much about the sin that may plague our lives. It's about the repentance. It's about constantly moving back towards Christ. So friends, if, if, if you're listening to this and you go, Jonathan, I don't think my life's particularly coherent. Well, my friend, then what matters is the trajectory. What matters is a turning back, a metanoia, a repentance, a turning back towards Christ, right? So we want to be competent, we want to be convinced of the faith, and we want to be coherent. So that's the second great theme out of this very powerful quote. And the last part was just a reminder here where it says that we are reflections. It says we are reflections, albeit imperfect, but still vivid of the one teacher. All right, so we've got these three, three themes. First theme, no separation between time for learning and everything else that is about the formation of the person. So there's this seamless approach. Second theme, that we're called to be competent, convinced, and coherent. Third theme here is that we are called to be reflections, albeit imperfect, but yet still vivid. I like this beautiful language. It's like going, you know, we are, we're to reflect Christ, even if we do it imperfectly, we're still examples, reflections of the one teacher. I think that's something really worth remembering to be, uh, to be examples, to remind ourselves every single day as we go about our work that we are reminders to our students. We are a reflection, albeit imperfect, but still vivid of the one great teacher. So often it's like, well, you know, we've got so many kids in our schools that aren't Catholic these days. I read a great article about that the other day. It's very true. Depending on where you live, you can have many, many students coming into your schools who are not baptized Catholics. So how do they encounter Christ? Well, they encounter Christ through encountering you. They encounter Christ through encountering you. Because as this beautiful quote says, you are a reflection, albeit imperfect, but yet still vivid, of the one teacher. So friends, that's three great themes that emerge from this one very small section of uh, the Catholic school on the threshold of the third millennium. I uh, hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, I'm going to go and get prepared for tomorrow's episode. I'm going to bring you some more tomorrow, but please make sure you've subscribed and, uh, and go check out the links here. You can book me to speak. You can get copies of my book. It is all there. God bless you, my friend. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This is the Catholic Teacher Almost Daily Podcast, and I'm going to have another message for you tomorrow.